0: That's just uh, reserved for, for church services only, but praise God for that during church services. But that's something that's reserved for our everyday life. Amen. Where we get in, we enter his courts, we enter through the gates with praise and worship in our hearts. And I'll tell you what, you know, some of you, you're, you're just waiting for a breakout. Now, most of you, you know, you're, you're, you're really pressing in. Praise the Lord. But, you know, sometimes we, we, we haven't been taught. Sometimes we haven't been uh, instructed how to respond to God. Let me just tell you this. If you ever want to know how to respond to God, open your mouth, say something to Him, speak His word, praise Him. Thank Him. Just get in there and and get alone with God, even if there's a hundred other people in the room with you, you know, in a service or whether you're by yourself in your car or in your prayer time. Just get alone with God. Amen. Fellowship with Him. Tell Him how good He is. Tell Him when He's done. Remind Him. Hallelujah. The Bible says over there in Isaiah chapter 43, it says, put me in remembrance. Put God in remembrance of what what he's done. Amen. He loves to hear from his children of all the great and glorious things that he's done for your life. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you with me here tonight? Praise God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, if you have your Bibles tonight, if you want to open up to Ephesians chapter 3, we're going to pick up where we we left off last week on Wednesday night. We've been talking about developing spiritually. Amen. Amen. Developing our spirit man the inward man. And a couple weeks ago, I shared a message called developing your own spirit with the word of God. Amen. Amen. We got to bridge the gap between soul and spirit. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. And the only thing that can get to that place where soul and spirit meet is the word of God. I'll tell you what, you need to become your most favorite preacher in your life, is you, that your own spirit hears your mouth speaking the Word of God, right? We saw in the Word of God that you can literally write upon the table of your heart with your own mouth, right? That's right. That's right. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. That's right. What did, what did uh, uh, David say over there in Psalm 45, 1, literally the Hebrew translation? says that I stirred up my heart in a good manner. Yeah. I stirred up my own heart in a, in a, in a good matter. Right. Praise the Lord. I'll tell you what, whatever it is that you're needing in, in, in your life, I'll tell you what, first write it on your heart, and then it's going to manifest in your life. Amen. That's right. Because when you really, when you get over to that place of faith, it first begins in your heart that it's an absolute reality on the inside of you, and there's nothing that's going to keep you from it. Right. Amen. Praise the Lord. So you just go ahead and start writing what you're believing God for. Write it upon your hearts. Hear it. Speak it out of your yes. mouth. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. And we, we talked about developing your spirit. Jesus said that man cannot live on, on bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out, out of the mouth of God. Right. God had unlimited potential. As he sat there for the entire eternal past, he had the ability to create, but God just knowing it in his mind was not good enough. Not one blessed thing was created until he spoke. God knew that even His own potential would not be released until He spoke it. Amen? amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So we are the same way. We're made in the image and likeness of God. Just the way God operates is the same way that we operate. Amen? Amen. Praise God. We hear the Word. We speak the Word. Hallelujah. You can't just sit there and hear it. You're going to have to speak it. Praise the Lord. Last week, we started talking about developing our spirit through the glory and faith. And what we meant by that is we looked at some practical things of how to cooperate with the glory of God. How many of you know that heaven wants to impact your life? Heaven wants to invade your life. He wants to get right in there. He wants to bless you. He wants you, the Bible says, to have heaven on earth, right? Glory to God. That's God's plan for you. Well, that is going to be found in the glory of God. And we're not trying to get sophisticated or, you know, uh, uh, deep on you by saying, you know, it's all in the glory. You know, we can't just say that like a church term. We've got to talk and teach the practical side of it. That there were things that we talked about last week that you can do to cooperate with the glory of God. Remember? We looked over there, oh, in Proverbs nineteen eleven, it says uh, uh, that a, a man's discretion will defer his anger and to pass over a, dis, uh, a transgression is his glory. Amen, it's the glory of God to pass over someone else's transgression. Amen. That you're not holding somebody you know, to their faults. You're not holding a laundry list. You're not holding grudges. You're not holding something against them. I'll tell you what, you can't be in unforgiveness and expect the glory of God to invade your life. Amen. The Bible says that Satan gains an advantage over us when we hold on to unforgiveness, That's right? right? That's right. Yes. Yeah, amen. And we also saw over there that it's the glory of God to conceal a matter. The second thing we looked at last week, over there, I believe it is Proverbs twenty-five and verse two. It says, "It is the glory of God to conceal a matter." That God is highly trustworthy. Aren't you glad that God doesn't uh, uh, tell other people your business? Amen even though other people think that God tells. God showed me that I'm to expose their sin. No, God's not a gossip. God isn't telling you about my faults. He's not telling me about your faults. Amen. Hallelujah. It's the glory of God. So many people, they want the glory of God to invade their life. But are you trustworthy? Are people safe with you? When they're having a conversation with you, can they trust that it's not going to be broadcast over Facebook, Twitter, text messages, you know, uh, uh, brother and sister bucket mouth and and, and everyone else, you know? You know what I mean? Do they trust you? I mean, come on. How well do you hold on to to somebody's conversation? How well do you conceal a matter? And if someone finds themselves into a fault... You don't you're not out spreading it. You're there to restore them and to to forgive them and, and to be good to them. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It says over there in Proverbs 13:11 it says a talebearer reveals secrets. Right? But he that is of a faithful spirit conceals the matter. That's right. Hallelujah. He that's of a faithful spirit. Aren't you glad don't you want to be faithful? I don't want to be just faithful to God or just faithful to my church. I want to be faithful to anybody yeah. that I'm having a conversation with. Right. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Those are practical, th- practical things that cooperate with the glory of God. We also saw, saw over there, and this probably got the biggest holy hush of the night last week, was uh, uh, Proverbs 25 and verse 27. It says, It's not good to eat too much honey, just like if a man exalts himself, there's no glory in it. That's right? Right? Just like pride, how many of you know that God cannot glorify pride? If you're in love with yourself, if you know what I mean, if you love you more than anybody else, right, and you're in that pride, the Bible says that just like pride can destroy your life, so can eating too much junk food. Yeah, it's not good to eat too much honey, and and man, oh, did people clam up and and shut down and put the brakes on when they hear a, a, a scripture like that. You know, Now that doesn't mean you can't be normal and, and uh, uh, have a piece of cake at a birthday party or a celebration or you're, you're visiting friends or something like that. But just don't live on it. Because we want, we want to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost. How are we going to be sensitive if our flesh is so loud? Because the more you feed the, the flesh, the more you f- feed the voice of the flesh. And the louder the, the voice of the flesh is right the quieter the voice of the spirit will be right That's true. That's true. so some people they're wondering man I, I don't get it you know pastor tims talking about hearing from god and this preacher's talking about hearing from god and god said this to them and god said that and there's christians who are like um I don't get it I'm not hearing anything just because you're not hearing doesn't mean that god's not talking That's right. he is talking yeah. amen but maybe your voice of your flesh is so loud that you're not hearing the voice of god yeah amen hallelujah and then of course the fourth thing we talked about is the ability to rejoice amen to respond to god our church has been criticized for being a church that responds to god there's people that come into service and they'll say you know what i really like this church but all that amen in business i don't know if i can handle that well you can't handle someone just being thrilled about the truth you know and I've struggled. There's been times where thoughts have come against me as a pastor that maybe I should tell the church to, 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 to settle it down just a little bit. And as soon as I do that, the Spirit of God, you know, speaks up on the inside said, says, oh, you want to inhibit their ability to receive? Because you will only receive to the measure you respond to God. And there's people in here, you did not come to this church because we were a praising and shouting church. A lot of you, you came as quiet and reserved and in a shell. And just like me, we had to get that shell cracked off, right? And then... So many of you in here would testify that as you've gotten out of your self-consciousness and got into your God-consciousness, that you are receiving more now from heaven than you ever have because you're willing to respond. You got out of that shell and no longer was about your self-inhibitions. You know, it was about responding to God and rejoicing at the truth. 1 Corinthians 13, it says that love rejoices at the truth. Yes,
1: that's
0: right. If you love the word, love God, love praising Him, I'll tell you, there's going to be a response yes. in there. Amen. 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 Don't say, well, it's just internal. No, that's a bunch of hogwash, right? That's garbage. Don't tell me that, oh, it's just on the inside. No, because the Bible teaches that whatever is on the inside is going to come out on the outside. <laughs> Amen. So we rejoice, because the Bible says in Proverbs 28, 12, that when righteous men do rejoice, there is great glory. Right? Let's go to Ephesians chapter 3, shall we? Hallelujah. Tonight we're going to talk about protecting or guarding the anointing. And I'm not talking about the anointing that's on the preacher's life. I'm talking about the anointing that's on your life. Oh, but Pastor Tim, I'm not a preacher. I didn't ask you if you were a preacher. The question is, are you a Christian? (laughs) Amen. Are you a Christian? Because if you are a Christian, then you're anointed whether you preach in the pulpit, sing on the worship team or not. Amen. You are anointed because you are a believer. Let's go over there. Ephesians 3. Let's start in verse 14. Paul is praying here for Christians. And he says this. He says, for this cause, I bow my knees unto the father of our Lord Jesus Christ of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he, that God would grant to you. Hallelujah. This is what the greatest, one of the, if not the greatest Christian that ever lived, this is what he prayed for believers. Yes. That God would grant. So obviously, Paul the Apostle is speaking here. He knew something about God. He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He obviously had intimate knowledge of the Father. And he must have known that God longs to grant us this. Yes. This is what God is longing to push our way, yeah, yeah. right? That God would grant to you, according to the riches of his glory, yes. right? That's what we talked about last week, that all these things are according to the riches of his glory. Right. Got to cooperate with the glory of God. We looked at the practical things of life. Amen. Now it says, to be strengthened with might by his Holy Spirit in the inner man. Amen. Amen. And that's what we're talking about, being strengthened in our inner man. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. That you being rooted and grounded in love, and he goes on to complete the prayer, but we're going to focus on verse 17. That Christ will dwell in your hearts, or it's not talking about that physical organ. It's talking about your inner man, remember? He's talking about the spirit of man that is to be strengthened and to be built up and to be edified, that Christ would dwell in your hearts by faith. Now, notice he's talking to Christians who are already saved. Yeah, that's right. So he's not praying that they would get born again. No, no. They're already born again. Right. They've already received the born-again nature. He's obviously talking about something more, all right? He's talking about more than uh, just uh, going to heaven someday right. when you leave this earth. He's talking about the anointing here. The word Christ is not just Jesus' last name. Yeah, yeah. Right? The word Christ, it means the anointed or the anointing of God. Yeah. All right? The anointed. You could read this verse this way. That the anointing will dwell. That word dwell there, it's actually the Greek word for house. Glory to God. That the anointing would live in the house of your spirit. That the anointing of God would be preserved in your spirit nature by and through your active faith life.
1: Yes, yes,
0: good. Hallelujah. So you could read it this way that the anointing of God would dwell or make its home in your spirit man by faith. Notice that faith, glory to God, faith builds your spirit man. Yes, it does. Hallelujah, right? We know over there in, in Romans 12, 3, that it says that God has given to every man a measure of faith. Yeah. But what that measure that we receive when we're born again, it's like a muscle. It can grow bigger the more you use it. Yes. Hallelujah. Yeah. And you can tell I know all about that. My goodness. Rough, rough room here tonight. Yeah. I make jokes all that some of you didn't know whether that was... I was making fun of my skinniness. And when the pastor makes fun of himself, you're supposed to laugh. Okay, wasn't that funny? All right. That the anointing may dwell in your spirits by faith. That it will grow by faith. That you'd be strengthened in your inner man by the anointing by faith. Amen. Every time you release the word of God, your spirit man's growing. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Every time you, you say by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. Well, Every time you say the blessing of the Lord makes me rich and he adds no sorrow with it. Every time you say, right? Yes. Every time you say, every time you say, I am a new creation in Christ yes. Jesus. Yes. Old yes. things have passed away. Yes. Amen. Amen. Every right. time you're, 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 you're declaring the word of God, your spirit man is yes. growing. Your faith is being used. It's being built up. That's right. That's it's being pumped right. up. Right. Hallelujah. Faith is not being built in your hearts until you are speaking that word. Hallelujah. What are you believing God? What scriptures are you standing on for your health? What scriptures are you standing on for your wealth? What scriptures are you standing on for your kids? Glory to God. Every time, every day of my life, I say 3130 Garfield Road is paid in full in Jesus' name. Amen paid in full and every time i release my faith in god right yes. the bible says faith calls those things that be not as though they were i'm calling this building paid in full have- paid in full paid in full i just consider it that way right i consider uh, my home paid in full right every time i release my faith my spirit man is growing that's
1: right that's right
0: every time i tell my kids you're mighty seed upon the earth you're the generation of the upright you are blessed wealth and riches are in your house and your righteousness endureth forever yes Hallelujah. Every time I say, there is no lack to them that fear God. The young lions do suffer hunger and do lack, but they that wait and seek the Lord shall lack no good thing. Amen. Hallelujah. What are you doing? You know, what word are you confessing? Because your spirit man will grow by faith. But here's something more specifically that we're talking about, protecting the anointing. You have to believe that you are anointed. You have to believe that you are anointed. That Christ, the anointing, dwells in your heart by faith. Yeah. Notice it's not there just because, you know, I, I'm, 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 I'm at a loss for words of how to describe, but do you understand? It's not there by accident or coincidence. Right, 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 right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It dwells yeah. and is preserved and grows in your spirit man by faith. That's,
1: yeah. that's correct. The
0: anointing is there because you must believe it is. Not because you feel it is, not because circumstances tell you that it is, but because simply the Word of God tells you that it is. You're going to have to come to a point in your life and say, I am a Christian. The word Christian means anointed one on the inside. Christian, Christ-like, anointed-like. Amen. Amen. The anointing is dwelling and preserving in my heart. I mean, even when you wake up and maybe you've only had four hours of sleep, guess what? You're still anointed. Even when you get up in the morning and you look and your eyelids are all red and your hair is all disheveled, guess what? You're anointed. That's right. Amen. Hallelujah. When you go to work and you come out of a board meeting or you come out of a staff meeting and uh, maybe you were corrected on some things, even you're feeling about this tall, guess what? You're still anointed. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. We have to know and believe that we are anointed. Now, sometimes that word anointing is tossed around kind of like a churchy word. You know, people, well, everything's anointed and this is anointed, and, you know, we say it almost to sound religious. You know, it doesn't make you any more holy just because you know how to say the word anointed, right? You know, and there's a, there's a movement in the body of Christ, it's in the hyper-prophetic movement, that they anoint everything, you know? I mean, they would come in here, and they'd get out there anointing oil, and they'd be dripping oil on the speakers, and on the keyboard, and on the TV, and on the window cells, on the heater ducts, on the front door, on every chair, on the floor, and all they're doing is making a big mess. <laughs> There's no power in going in and, you know, put anointing on the flag to make it holy, put a drip of oil on the base to make it holy, put a drip of oil on every rock on the wall to make it holier. No, that's not, that's, you know. How many of you know you can get real religious in the churchisms? Just because you know the lingo and you know the jargon of church doesn't make, mean you're living it. Right? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. But the anointing means this. Are you ready for a definition of the anointing? The anointing is the power of God The anointing is the presence of God. Right? It's the power of God. It's the presence of God. And the anointing is the ability of God. You could say it this way. That the power of God will dwell in your spirit, man, by faith. That the presence of God will dwell and make its home in your spirit by faith. That the ability of God will dwell in your hearts by faith. The term anointing is referring to a liquid that is poured on or smeared on. Literally, what God did when, 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 cry, when you became born again, literally in your spirit, man, it's like God just smeared his power on the inside of you. He poured his ability into you. He poured his presence on the inside of you. Hallelujah. He just filled you and anointed you and smeared and rubbed it on. You could say it this way. I like this definition. Uh, uh, recently, uh, my wife and I were spending some time with the Joneses, and, and, and me and uh, Brother Tony were, were talking about the anointing. And as, as we were talking, I'll tell you what, you want the anointing, you, know, you want to start you know, having the tangible presence of the anointing, start talking about the anointing. Well, we were talking about the anointing, and all of a sudden just uh, uh, dropped in my spirit a definition You know, maybe other ministers have said this before, it's probably nothing new to you, but it was just turned on like a light bulb on the inside of me, is that the anointing is when heaven comes to earth. That is exactly what the anointing is, that's what it does. It's literally when heaven comes to this earth. Heaven is present on this earth inside you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Heaven is present on the earth in this room right now because we're gathered in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And when you're in, when, when, they're, when the anointing is present, you're going to see things on earth just like they will be in heaven. Oh, yeah. There will be times like tonight, I mean, there was just a, 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 I mean, that sacred anointing just to almost be quiet and still in the presence of God. Last week, we're dancing, running, shouting, running around. You'll see that in heaven, too. Oh, yeah. You're going to get to heaven. You're going to see people just laid out quiet before God. You're going to see people dancing, running. There's going to be all those different flows of the spirit of God. Amen. But that's what the anointing is, and that's what it does. It accomplishes the move of heaven to move upon the earth. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. There is a move of heaven on the inside of you at all times. That's
1: right. That's right.
0: At all times, heaven is present. Yes. Yes. People are always talking about how present their trial is, how present their trouble is. Why don't we start talking about how present heaven is on the inside of us, how present our solution is, yeah. how present the power yeah. is. Glory to God. We talked about that last week and over there in Psalm 23 and verse 5, right? Thou God, remember David said God prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Yes. That no matter how big your enemies seem, there's always a table of God somewhere in the midst with a chair pulled out yes. and just waiting for you to come and sit down at it. Yes.
1: That's right.
0: Glory to God. Every time you're in a heavyweight trial, look for the table of God. Yes. Because he's prepared a table before you, you. in the presence of your That's enemies. Right. That's right. In the biggest heavyweight trial, there's yes. a table somewhere. Yes. And God's just somewhere at that table. He's saying, hey, come and sit here. Yes. That's right. Come and sit here. Yes. Here's yes. the chair. It's reserved for yes. you. Amen. Amen. Glory right. to God. You need to understand that. See, when, when a heavyweight trial is going on, or, or, or whatever, it doesn't have to be a heavyweight trial. We, we don't need, how many of you know we don't need a trial before we release faith? Some people, we've taught this before, some people, they're waiting for a crisis before they start releasing their faith. Listen, everything in my life is, is going just, you know, just right on, just perfectly down the track. I don't wait for the train to get off the track before I start using my faith. Amen. I don't wait for my child to have a symptom before I confess their healing. I don't wait for my bank account to get below a certain amount before I start confessing my prosperity in God. Amen. I don't wait for my body to feel a certain way before I confess healing. I confess healing, amen, when I'm regardless. Hallelujah. Faith isn't for the rainy day. Faith is for every day. Some of you have rainy day faith. When it rains... When things are going negative and things are coming against me hard, that's when I'll, I'll get to it. But in the meantime, things are going just fine. I've had people literally tell me that before. Everything's going fine. I don't need to pray. I said, My goodness, do you, t- you treat your wife like that? I said that to a person <laughs> at lunch. I was having lunch with somebody a few years ago, someone from the church, they had asked me to lunch after a Sunday. Uh, you know, a young young guy, and and uh, uh, sat down. I said, "So, how's your how's your life with God? That's what I'm interested in." I tell you what, I, I don't I don't want appointments where you want to ask me about what my favorite football team is. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't want to sit down and, and you know, uh, uh, just people to make appointments with me to, uh, you know, have me tell you my hunting stories or things like that. You know what I mean? When people... Amen. 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 My wife thinks I'd probably enjoy the hunting story thing. But you know what I mean? When people, when they want to draw on the pastor, you know, you come to the pastor to draw on the anointing of God, the gift of God. Praise God for, you know, I have a, I have a, real, a real life. You know what I mean? I have a family that I enjoy. I have extracurricular activities that I enjoy. But my my main reason for being a pastor and you being a sheep is for me to to teach you and instruct you in the things of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Now I'm talking about when when people make an appointment. If you make an appointment, come to draw on the anointing. Right. Yes. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. But anyway, I was having this conversation, and I said, "So how's your prayer life? You know, you you're pressing in, you you getting more of God." And said, "No." Uh, everything's everything's fine right now. I said, oh, pray tell. (laughs) Please explain. (laughs) What do you mean? Everything's going just fine. That's great to hear. But what do you mean you're not praying? Well, things are going good. I just don't need to pray right now. If something, you know, turns upside down, well, then that's why I'll get praying. I said, my goodness, I hope you don't have that same mentality with your wife, you know, that you only talk to her when things are going wrong, right? Come on, you, you, better, you better understand how to conduct yourself in a relationship. Oh, yeah. You better understand that you're in relationship with God. He wants to hear from you. He wants to talk to you. He wants to fellowship with you. Amen. He wants to have some back and forth with you, right? Yes. Amen. Praise the Lord. Don't have just a rainy day faith. No. Amen. Anyway, I knew, I'll tell you what, over the last several weeks... Every time I I get into the pulpit, I have a a topic, but God's just taken me on so many different rabbit trails lately. So many different rabbit trails. Probably has something to do with the arrival of the Joneses and the anointing that they bring and and help and and praise the Lord. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. But let's, let's, let's take a look at this. That Christ, that the anointing, the power, the presence, the ability, heaven impacting your earthly life... Will dwell in your spirits by your faith, through your faith. Amen. Because you're releasing faith. Now go with me to Proverbs and let's go over to chapter 27. Proverbs 27 and let's go to verse 17. I'm going to give you the number one way people dull the anointing in their life. See, you are anointed. You are, the, you have the anointing of God, the presence of God, the power of God. Yes. I dare you to say when you leave here tonight or even before, you just go ahead and say, I am anointed. Yes. Some people think that that term is just, just strictly reserved for preachers and musicians and things. No, no, no. The anointing of God is inside every believer. So you carry that anointing to your office, to your home, to your colleagues, to your family. I'll tell you what, you are an invasion of heaven everywhere you go. That's right, yes. That God wants you to take the anointing into your college, into your school, hallelujah, into your homes, into your jobs. Amen. Glory to God. Every time you walk into the grocery store, the anointing just walked on into that yes. place. Yes. Amen. Amen. And there's no telling you, because you are the anointed of God, that how he's going to decide to speak to you and use you at a moment's notice. Right, right. You could be a, in a grocery line, and, and maybe you didn't go in with the intentions, but all of a sudden God talks to you say, Hey, see that, that, that person right there next to you? Strike up a conversation, invite them to church. Yes. What is that? That's heaven moving upon the earth. That's right. That's right. Or, hey, see that person at the gas pump? Uh, uh, you know, um, they, they, need, they need a few extra bucks or whatever. Go over there, help them out. Hey, go pay for that person's tank of gas yeah, yeah. Or, or whatever. What that is, that's an invasion of heaven on this earth. That's right. That's God demonstrating His love because the goodness of God leads men to repentance. Amen. So there's no telling you that every day what God could could tell you to do. Every day could be a complete adventure. Every day there is the unconventional is imminent. Amen. Because there's something different about you, anointed about you, and God loves this world so much that He will give you orders. To get you into somewhere where you're going to make a difference.
1: Yes, that's right. That
0: that's you're going right. to sow a seed into someone's life. Yes. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You guys got, got to believe you're anointed. Yes, that's
1: right.
0: Because the anointing dwells in your heart, not because you feel like it, but because you say so. Yes. Yes. Because you believe it. Yes. God I believe I'm anointed. I know I'm anointed. I know that wherever I go the anointing goes. I could wake up. it doesn't matter how my body's feeling, I'm still anointed. It doesn't matter what someone said to me, I'm still anointed. That's
1: right It
0: doesn't matter how good the stock market did today. I'm still anointed. It doesn't matter if the gas prices jumped another dollar a gallon. I'm still anointed. I'm anointed every day, everywhere I go, regardless of feeling, regardless of circumstances. Now, there is no doubt there's a truth that there are some services that are more anointed than others. There's certain ministers that are more anointed than others. And there's different uh, tangible manifestations of the anointing. But I tell you what, every service is anointed. Every time there's just two of us here gathered in Jesus, the anointing comes walking in. Jesus said, where there be two or three gathered in my name, I will be there in the midst, right? His name is Jesus Christ. Every time two gather in the name of Jesus the anointing is there whether you feel it or not that's, right, that's, right. that's why the prayer of agreement works because every time you agree in prayer the anointing is a mandatory aspect yes. every time you say hey let's agree in prayer let's let's agree for your family member that's in the hospital hey let's let's agree right here let's agree for that need let's let's agree for that new job let's agree for that car let's agree for that healing let's agree because every time the two of you you get together and you agree, bang the anointing. Yes. The anointing. Amen. Glory to God.
1: That's right. That's right. That's
0: right. Proverbs twenty-seven. <laughs> Praise the Lord. The number one way that people dull the anointing in their life. The number one way Christians dull the anointing. Are you ready? Compromise. They compromise. Mm-hmm. Proverbs twenty-seven in verse 17, let's go over there we're going to read verses 17 and 18 and actually I'm going to start teaching on verse 18 because these were two principles that I wanted to draw out of the word tonight and they happen to be two consecutive verses, they're living right next door to each other so it's uh, perfect here verse 17 it says, iron sharpeneth iron that's not poetry, that is God making a point, All right, we'll get on that So a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. Now, verse 18 says, Whosoever keepeth the fig tree shall eat the fruit thereof. And then the rest of it says, So he that waiteth on his master shall be honored. Boy, I'll tell you what we could teach on that second half of verse 18. My goodness, people just have no honor today. People don't honor their boss. Doesn't matter how nice he is to you doesn't matter how, how few raises he's given. doesn't matter how much he's stiffed your benefits and all this stuff. You're still to honor your earthly masters. Yes, Amen. God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And I'll tell you what, there's also an all-time low in America of honor for people that are older than, than we are. I mean, my goodness, the Bible tells us in 2 Timothy chapter 3 that there will be a lack of honor in the generation that precedes the coming of Christ. They won't speak to, to, to elders, right? They won't be honorable to people of greater age. Amen. Hallelujah. I'll tell you what, uh, uh, every chance I, I have to, to honor someone who's older than me, even if they're in this church, even if I'm their pastor, that doesn't change anything. I, I love to bestow honor. My goodness, someone that's... that's, that's Uh, uh, has more experience and and age and have served Jesus longer and have raised kids and and, and all this, my goodness, there's honor that's due there. amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. But anyway, that's free, no charge. Now, verse 18 is what I want to get to here, the first half of it. It says, Whosoever keepeth the fig tree shall eat the fruit thereof. Now, how many of you know that a proverb isn't just something you casually read? Don't just take the book of Proverbs and read it all in one day and think you're going to get anything. The Bible says that a proverb is to be meditated upon and it's to be used to draw out some deep meaning, right? Now, verse 18, whosoever keeps the fig tree, that word keepeth, it means to guard or to protect. The fig tree represents that which feeds you for a lifetime, in those days, if you were a, a Jew and you had a fig tree or many fig trees, you were considered a wealthy man or a woman. Because they knew that a fig tree lives a long, long time. A fig tree is a very long living tree. You know those trees that are in the Garden of Gethsemane when Jesus was there? Those same trees are still there. You know what I mean? So uh, they're very a long living tree and they will feed you for a lifetime, all right now you, you we see in verse 18 it says whosoever guards that which feeds you for a lifetime You will eat the fruit of it You will live off from it It will benefit your life yes. It'll feed you and increase you because you guard it and you protect it yes. What is that which we live off as christians? What is that that feeds us from the inside out, that feeds our life and blesses our life? It's Christ in us, the hope of glory, right? The anointing on the inside, the born-again nature, the presence of God on the inside of us will feed us our entire life right here on this earth. That is the number one power that we should protect and defend. Oh, come on. And people, they don't realize it, but they're defending the wrong power in their life. There's people that they'll, they'll defend their electric bill over the anointing because they'll, pay, they'll use their tithe to pay their electric bill. What did they do? They defended the wrong power. They were concerned about the earthly power being shut off, but by using their tithe on natural things, what they did is they shut the big-time power off. Come on now. Oh, well, we'll get into some of these things. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Whoso keepeth the fig tree, you could say it this way, what we're talking about, it applies here. Whoso guards the anointing will eat the fruit thereof. Yeah. Glory to God. That's right. That's right. Praise the Lord. So we're going to say this, that the fig tree represents the anointing. Now, pertaining to what we're teaching here tonight. Yes. I mean, you could teach other subjects and you could use this verse the same way. You know, you could, use, you could use it in honoring uh, uh, your boss. You could use it for honor, honoring pastors or your parents. Yes. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You could use it, you could use it, whatever, you know, you understand what it is that feeds us. Praise the Lord. Now go up there to verse 17. It says, iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Praise the Lord. Now, this verse, verse 17, contains a very important principle. Iron sharpens iron. We know that we have to understand that. Meaning that if you are going to sharpen iron into a very sharp implement, a tool, right? Uh, It is going to have to come in contact with a strong, another strong material. That iron can't be sharpened with wood, right? You can't sharpen it uh, on a lesser material. That iron must come in contact with another piece of iron or another piece of strength for it to be benefited, right? Now, we know this. This is what I'm going to use this verse for so you understand it. Christ in you, you are the iron, so to speak. Christ in you, the anointing, the power, the strength of God, it's the iron, so to speak. You understand the metaphor that I'm using? Now, here's what we must understand. This is where the principle comes in, in, into play. That iron can only be sharpened by its like kind. Right? If you are born of the Spirit, how many of you are born of the Spirit in here? You've made Jesus the Lord of your life. You're born of the Spirit. Therefore, it takes something else born of the Spirit to sharpen you. Right? We'll bring up John 3, 6 just, just real quickly. We know this. Jesus said, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Here's what we have going on in the modern day, 21st century American church. Is that most Christians today are trying to sharpen themselves on things of the flesh. But they are born of the Spirit. Iron sharpens iron. Wood doesn't sharpen iron. Drywall doesn't sharpen iron. Right? Rocks don't sharpen iron. Iron sharpens iron. And when you try to sharpen your life on a lesser material, now we're not saying that judgmentally, we're not saying that critically. We're not saying that to be mean to unbelievers or whatever. God loves them and has a plan for them right. to be redeemed and to be saved. But I tell you what, if you bring into your personal acquaintance those who are not born of the Spirit and you're walking in their counsel and you're walking in their advice, I tell you what, you are now sharp, trying to sharpen iron on something that's incapable of sharpening it. Right? Good word. right? Yes. Here's the number one way that people compromise the anointing in their life. You ready? Associations. They're associations, right? Go back to Proverbs twenty-seven, seventeen. Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. Uh, I believe it is the Good News translation. It says people learn from people. Here's what you must understand. The law of impartation is always working regardless if it's a believer or an unbeliever. That's good. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Do you know what impartation is? It means that which is in their life enters into your life. If you want to know your future, look at the present of those that are your closest associations. Do you understand what I'm saying? Those that you bring into your life as your close associations... You will live the life that they are currently living. Your future is their present. Do you understand that? The Bible says in Proverbs 13, in verse 20, it says, A a wise man walks with wise men. To be wise, you must walk with a wise man. Right? But a companion of fools shall be destroyed. What is that saying? That's saying that they were trying to sharpen themselves on somebody who wasn't born of the Spirit. Someone who was not filled with the Spirit. Someone that was not walking in complete obedience. You know, there's people out there that they're surrounding their lives with, with, with people that aren't going to church. They're not living for God. They're not filled with the Spirit. They're not praying in the Spirit. And they're wondering where all the, the, the help is. Come on now. Now, I'm not saying that you can't be friends with someone that's an unbeliever. We should show ourselves friendly. We should reach out to them. We should love them. I'm talking about your close associations. Come on now. Yeah. A wise man walks with wise men, but a companion of fools will be destroyed. See, what they're doing is they're compromising. See, they were trying to protect the power of friendship when they should have tried to protect the anointing that's in their life. I, but I, oh, but I, I'm scared that they're gonna, you know, they're gonna call me names and they're gonna think that I'm better than them and all that. Well, listen, I'll tell you what. There's no stopping that. That's right. yeah, you're right. You're right. The Bible says in 2 Timothy three twelve. It says, "All that would live a godly life in Jesus Christ will be persecuted." Every time, if you are sold out to Jesus, you are going to upset somebody somewhere. And you will never please everybody. So you better not have a fear of man where you're so scared of upsetting the apple cart because you're on fire for Jesus. Listen, there was a lot of people that I, I kept the door open to them. I, I, wanted, I said, hey, I'm not going to kick you out of my life. I love you, care about you. But just so you know, I'm not going to do those things anymore. And as soon as I was going to live a different lifestyle, they didn't want to have anything to do with me. They, 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 they called me awful things, maliciously attacked me. Well, this is par for the course for someone that's going to be on fire for God. And, and, and what people do, they're trying to protect that power of friendship. They're trying to protect something, and they should have been defending the anointing. Listen, I'll tell you what. Not everybody is qualified to be in my personal life oh pastor tim that doesn't sound like the love of god it has nothing to do with the love of god yeah, yeah, right, 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 right. i love people i will do anything for anybody anywhere yes the one exception to that is i will not bring them into my personal life that's unless right. they're going to sharpen me
1: that's right, that's right, that's right. it's
0: not offensive it's not personal like pastor michael says not personal It's just
1: business.
0: (laughs) You know? It's nothing about you. I'm not trying to shun you. But iron sharpens iron. And I have to guard my associations. And there's a lot of people, they qualify for me to minister to them, to help them, to love them, to show the goodness of God, but I'm not going to bring them into my, my interpersonal life and listen to their counsel. Come on now. Not everyone qualifies for your personal life. Do you understand that? (laughs) I'm hearing some holy hush action oh I'll tell you what America is being destroyed teenagers are being destroyed by this principle they have not been taught to guard I I remember I wrote an article in the paper about this man the hate mail that came in I said in the paper I said I will not allow my children just to be around anybody seems pretty simple I get letters, what do you think? You're going to be a police officer over your child's life? I said, no, I'm going to be more than a police officer. I'm going to be a parent. And I'm not going to be their their
1: friend.
0: There's people right now that are compromising the power of God. They should be here at church on Wednesday night, but they're at a soccer game somewhere. They thought that, that their child would be more benefited kicking a plastic ball into a net instead of being at church. Your child will not be the next Pele. I don't care if my child was so gifted athletically that they were going to be the next Wayne Gretzky, uh, Bo Jackson, remember him? <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, he was he an was all-star in two sports, right? I don't care if he's going to be the the, the next Babe Ruth, uh, Wayne Gretzky, some football star, Joe Montana, it don't matter. If he was going to be all them wrapped up into one, he won't be a professional athlete. I wouldn't let him be a professional athlete. I won't even let him go the course of that. I know friends, I have friends that minister to professional athletes. There's, there, there's very, now praise God for the ones that love Jesus and, and they're being a witness and an example. I'm not down, you know, trying to be down on anybody. But I'm just saying that there's, there's not, there's not going to be a spirit-filled, uh, sold out to life. You know, my question is, where's their local church? How can you serve the local church as a professional athlete? How can you? Even if you send all your big bucks there, you're still not there. The money is not what was anointed it was the person that was. You know what I mean? And so there's people right now, they're compromising the power of God because they would rather defend the friendship with their child. They're so scared of what their kid's going to think of them. <laughs> I'm not scared of what my kids are going to think of me. They're going to love me. They, 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 they're going to love to be around me. They're going to see the love of God in me. They, they do already. And they're going to know that, that Daddy's Decisions is there to benefit them.
1: Yes. That's right, amen. Amen.
0: Now, does that mean I would never let my kid play, uh, play any sports as a, uh, a child? Of course I would let them. But not on a Wednesday night or on a Sunday. Right, I don't care if, if they got selected for a national all-star team. Well, you got to go away and be away on a Sunday morning. Well, yeah, well, it's too bad. You're not going. That's right, amen. One Sunday morning will do more for their life than weeks on a national sporting platform. Yes. Yes. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. There is more happening now in your life, right now, yes. in these moments that you're in this place gathered together. God is watering you right now. Yes. Yes. There's, you can't get what you're getting anywhere else. Can't. You can't get it on a sporting field. You can't get it in, a, in a, you know, some hobby somewhere. You can't get it on the golf course. You can't get it out in the garden, skipping church to garden or whatever. You can only get it by being together in fellowship under the name of Jesus with the saints of God. (laughs) Yeah, praise the Lord. Well, we're really swiping it clean here. See, iron sharpens iron. And if my children love God, well, the only place where they're going to get sharpened is the the, the right people in their life, their relationship with their local church. Anyway, I was kind of on a story there how I got, uh, you know, hate mail and stuff for writing that article. I got another letter that said, I will personally fund your child psychiatrist bill. I thought, no, you better hold on to it for your child's psychiatry bill. Not that that's what I want for them, you understand. But seriously, when people say, you know, letters coming in, it's like, you know what? The church is so full of this and full of that, it won't do my kids any good. I purposely keep them out of church every Sunday. Yeah, one letter, one letter said that. And you're thinking, my goodness, that child is being raised in that kind of environment. Think about my mind. that. My mind. You know? I'll tell you what, these are not the days where we compromise right. and think that sporting events are better than God and, and you know, uh, people keep their kids out of youth group for dances. Yeah. You know? Well, there's a dance. So I'm my, I, I, I persuaded my kid to go to the dance because I want them to be normal. And if they go to church, instead of going to the dance, they're going to be perceived as weird or not normal. Well, you got a wrong, backward definition of what normal is. So you say normal is that they go and fill themselves with a bunch of garbage, trash, music. You're going to feed your daughter to the shark tank where it's okay that guys are coming up and, and bumping and grinding and doing all that stuff. They'd rather feed their kid to the shark tank than be in a youth group where they're safe, they're protected, and one night under the power and the anointing of God could spare them a lifetime of trouble.
1: That's right, that's right, that's right.
0: See, these are the things people don't defend, the power. See, iron sharpens iron. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Praise the Lord. How about tithing? You know? Well, why don't we just get to all the, the tough spots tonight? Yeah. Yeah. Let's see, we'd have to talk about tongues and tithing, all the T's. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, you know what it is? Do you know what the principle of tithing, God gave us that principle. He gave us that to have the ability to sharpen our character. That's right. Because people want their finances sharpened but they don't want their character filed on at the same time. If you, God gave us tithing to protect us from the destruction of poverty and wealth. Yes,
1: yes. yes.
0: Poverty will destroy humanity, but so will wealth without character. And God said, if I get my people to honor me with their finances, that if they prosper through their giving, not through what they obtain, but through what they let go. If they prosper through what they let go, it will take impoverished believers into, into wealthy believers. And they will be spared the destruction of poverty, and they will have the character to embrace wealth. Yeah, amen. And thus supply and pay for and fund the gospel all around the world.
1: Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you,
0: Lord. Today I took a, a nap. I told you, I, you know, I took a nap, about an hour nap uh, before uh, every Wednesday service. And, and, and today uh, I went to sleep thinking about. Uh, what I'm going to do with the wealth that God brings through my hands? That's what I. People say, "Oh my goodness, listen to that pastor. He's money minded." Oh no, I'm not money minded. I know that when God moves it uh, to me, He can move it through me.
1: That's right. That's right. That's I got
0: thinking about the ministries that yes. I would pay, get them out of debt. I got Come thinking on. of uh, uh, of. Of ministries that we would enlarge at the church. I got thinking of men of uh, God, women of God, missionaries. I got thinking yes. of churches in America, churches across the ocean, churches in different parts of the world, things that we could do. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. I got thinking of, of millions of people that could come into the kingdom. I just got excited.
1: Yes. I'm just planning now. That's right. that's right.
0: I'm planning now because my faith works.
1: Yes. That's right.
0: So, well, what if it doesn't happen? What? Do you, what what? <laughs> what? are you talking about? See, the problem with, with so many of you, you have a what if it doesn't happen. You better get rid of your what if it doesn't happen. Faith doesn't have a what if it doesn't happen. Come on. Iron sharpeneth iron. So a man sharpens a countenance. Think about, you know, we talk about the tithing thing. You know, think about what that is. That is an ability. I mean, isn't that, doesn't it? It tests your character, doesn't it? Sure. Yeah. Isn't that exactly what tithing does? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is a principle of faith to believe that God is going to multiply less. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. That he's going to do more. Now, the tithe is just the beginning. That's the first 10%. Sure. And then there's an offering on top of that. So let's say, let's say your offering at least meets your tithe. I mean, that's just reasonable that, I mean, that, that, see, now I'm getting into the realm of my opinion and I'm not here to teach my opinion, but you give an offering, you give, uh, you, you bring your tithe, you give an offering. So let's say at bare minimum, you know, there's 80% left over for the rest of your life. It is an act of faith to say, God, you're going to do more with the 80% than I could have ever done with the hundred. And what a test of your character. Sure. When all the times you'll look at your life and you, you'll see, you know, oh, you know, it's either tithe or, or get that new whatever that I wanted. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you brought your tithe instead. Oh, here's a time. We could have paid for this. We could have gone on that vacation. We could have done this. And yet you still obeyed God. God will honor you. Yes. He will pay you back. And it will, he will multiply your seed sown. Yes. It is written in His Word. He will hasten to perform it. He will come through. That's
1: right. That's right. He will.
0: And there will come a day when that when that harvest arrives, and harvest starts showing up in your life, and you'll say, "There's no other way I could have done it." That's right. Except God's way. That's
1: right. That's right. And
0: now the prosperity isn't going to hurt you because it came God's way through obedience, tithing. Let's think about secular music, shall we? Well I tell you what, we're just being we're just following the Holy Ghost here tonight. Amen. Just teaching on a whole bunch of different things. Amen. Amen. If you want to defend and protect the anointing on your life, you better understand the dangers of secular music. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. oh come on now. Amen. You think you're gonna be filled with the you going to be saturated with the power of God listening to the beatles? Oh, I know they're not cool anymore. I don't know. I used to listen to the older music and stuff. There's Christians uh, that will, will they're, they're wondering why God's not blessing them, but I mean, they drive around all day, and I mean, they're, they're listening to Rock 97 on their, on their uh, car radio as they drive around for work. <laughs> I mean, let's, let's go to a scripture, shall we? Yeah. Go to Isaiah. We're just swiping some things clean tonight. And we're almost done. We're just talking about defending the anointing. Protecting the anointing. Praise God. Amen. I know Brother Tony and Miss Vanessa could teach a lesson on this. You know, I'm so glad we have worship directors here. They saturate themselves with godly music. Praise the Lord. They know the, they know the benefit. Amen. Let's go to Isaiah 35. Or excuse me, Isaiah 33. In verse... 15 Praise the Lord It matters what you listen to Faith comes by hearing and hearing Everything you hear has the potential to become what you believe You know, it's not just the faith of God that works that way It's anti-faith works that way you could say it this way: demonic faith works that way. Music has the power and the ability to inspire. Oh yes. yeah. oh yeah. It has the power and the ability to bring memory to you. Oh yeah. It can inspire and it can inspire memory. Unfortunately, I can still remember some songs verbatim that I used to listen to when I was a teenager and I was rebelling against God. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, you could you could name a song by some you know. Uh, trash artist or something like that. And um, I mean, I, I could probably just remember it about verbatim, unfortunately. Be, not that I go there. I just yeah. cast that thought down. Keep it obedient to Christ. Amen. That's right. That's and I'm not trying to criticize someone personally. But I tell you what, I see ministers. I have people, I have ministers that send me a friend request on Facebook. And I'm like, oh yeah, praise God. And you know, look, I, I know, yeah, I know that minister. And, and uh, you know, I'll just click on their, their page and you go to, you see their little likes I'd be like, my goodness, likes music. Dave Matthews band. I listened to that as a sinner. I met that guy. I went to several of those concerts and stuff, and they were all about smoking dope, getting drunk, and taking advantage of women. I'm thinking, and a minister likes that stuff? Come on. I mean, there's people, see here here, here's my heart behind it. Is that there's people that are pulling on the anointing in that minister. And that anointing is being drained. And those people are trying to pull from that realm of heaven. That minister was a channel of heaven impacting earth. And now that channel is corrupted and corroded. And it's not a pure flow. Right, right, right. It's not because I'm trying to, to, to criticize a minister or something or, or hate on anybody. Right. But I see where that thing will dry up that anointing. Yes. And there's people, there's sheep... That are precious to God. There's the heritage of God that is depending on them. You're right. You're right. You're right. And they're drying up. They're drying up. Come on. Because iron sharpens iron. You've got to ask yourself was that song born of the Spirit? I'll tell you what, you better ask yourself that question over a lot of Christian songs today. My goodness. And I'm not, oh my goodness, you turn on these Christian radio stations and I'm thinking, my goodness, are they singing about a boyfriend? Who are they singing about? Yeah, 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 come on. Yeah, come on. I mean, that sounds more like, you know I mean? They're singing these songs. I'm like, my, my goodness, I just want to yell at the radio, Jesus is not your boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stop singing to him like he's a boyfriend. Yeah. Cheaping up Jesus, you know? That's what they're doing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, in, in, in these songs, and I mean, I don't even, you know, I don't listen to that stuff, but you remember a few of them and You know, he gives and takes away, you know, and and, and people singing songs, God's the builder and the wrecking ball. He's out there. He builds you up just to knock you over. Oh, that's love. Is that what you do with your children? I'm going to wait until they're nice, well-nurtured, and then I'm just going to hammer them down. See, and there's Christians all over. They're singing this stuff. Faith comes by hearing, and they start to believe that. They get indoctrinated by wrong music. Yeah. Oh, sure. And so they sing wrong music and that becomes their faith. And there's no glory in it. And that is how their inner man is strengthened through the glory of God. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It chases away the glory and they lose the ability to grow spiritually. And so when I, when I hear, you know, believers, listen, one of the first things I did when I, I got uh, right with God, I mean, I remember there was just things. That I, I would listen to and, and, and things that you know, I would watch on TV that I would watch as an unbeliever. And all of a sudden, then as a Christian, I'd get in front of those same things. And all of a sudden, something on the inside was just start turning me up. Yeah. Twisting up my lungs, you know, tying my innards into a pretzel. You know, you know, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. when, 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 when something just starts to grieve your spirit. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I, uh, songs I used to you know, just shout to and dance to. And all of a sudden, I'd be like, ooh. Oh, man, I, mean, I, remember, I remember getting a whole pile of CDs and stuff and thinking, you know, I'm just going to take this down to the pawn shop and sell it and get a few bucks. And I remember God spoke to me one day as I was sitting over the trunk of my car with a ton of CDs in there that were all filth and trash, and I said, I'm just going to go sell these and you know, give the money to the church. And God said, what, well, you want to sow this into other people's lives? <laughs> I'm like, oh. No, I don't want to sow this into other people's lives. So into the trash it all went where it belonged. Right, Amen. Amen. Let's read the verse here. I know I had you turn over there. Verse 15. He that walketh righteously and speaketh uprightly. He that despises. Notice the first thing he says. That you walk righteously and speak right. Yeah. Yeah. He that talks right. He that despises the gain of oppressions. Meaning that they won't make money dishonestly. Him that shaketh his hands from holding of bribes. Now look at the next statement. That stoppeth his ears from hearing of blood. Wow. Mm-hmm. And shutteth his eyes from seeing evil. So this is what God's going to tell us, what he's going to do from those that shut their ears and their eyes to evil. Look at verse 16. Look at the first five words there. He shall dwell on high oh, that religious church down there, that family church is preaching that kids shouldn't be listening to rock music. No, I'm not preaching that kids shouldn't listen to rock music. I'm preaching that to everyone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If it's not good enough for your kid, it certainly isn't good enough for you. God, I'll go there. <laughs> you know how many times we tell our kids, oh, kids, you got to leave the room. Mommy and Daddy are watching a movie, and you can't watch, You're not allowed to watch it. But he that has the faith of a child, yeah, sure. What is that scripture telling us? That which is pure for a child will be pure enough for you.
1: Yes, that's right. good.
0: Now there might be some exceptions that there might just be, you know, a lot of lights going off or something. I mean, there, there's more than just. You can overstimulate a young child It's not necessarily evil or something. And so you might have to, you know, not show them certain just overstimulating things because there's certain movies that, you know, are just fine to watch, but if they saw all the, you know, going on, and it would just wind them up and they wouldn't go to sleep for five hours. But if there's a purity issue, if it's not pure enough for your child, let me tell you, it's not pure enough for you. Right? Oh, come on now. See, verse 16 is what the world's looking for. The world is looking to what it's like to dwell on high. Well, there comes a condition. See, why did God tell them, listen, stop listening to the wrong thing, stop speaking the wrong thing, stop watching the wrong thing? Was it because God is a God of rules? No, he's a God of love. And he knew out of love that if they didn't stop that, it was going to dry up the presence in their midst. Some people they're like, "I don't like that tithing rule. Tithing's not a rule. It's love.
1: that's right.
0: I don't tithe because God made it a rule. I tithe because I love Him, yeah. because God was so good that He gave me a principle for me to walk in that will protect my financial life. Hallelujah. When God says, "Don't watch this, don't listen to that. I don't, I don't follow him because of rules. I look at him and say, man, Father, you're so good. You warned me what would dry up your presence in my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When there's certain associations in my life that I got to keep at a safe, friendly distance. Yeah. Do you know how to keep a safe, friendly distance from people that are wrong associations? Yes. You do it diplomatically. Right. You don't tell them, well, I'm sorry, you're just a piece of garbage. And uh-huh. No, no. You just quietly just take your life and step back. And be in touch with them from a distance. Okay? We have to understand how to do that. Because, you know, we don't go to the world and say, sorry, you're not good enough for me anymore. You just say, I love you, I can't do that. And you just quietly move away. Yeah. Just quietly and diplomatically move away. Okay? But God didn't give us these things. We don't, we don't you, know, it's not, you know, sometimes people, they think in terms of rules. Don't think of it in terms of rules. Think of it in terms of defending the power of God that's in your life. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Did you get some help here tonight? Oh, we just touched on a bunch of things. Again, I made notes, but I (laughs) hardly used much of anything off of them. (laughs) Amen. This is what people are doing. They're jeopardizing the anointing by constantly brushing themselves against the lesser material. Mm. Maybe I'll just read some of my notes here. Maybe we'll get some goodies as we leave. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Listen to this. This came to me. I wrote it down. The quality of people you surround yourself with demonstrates what you believe about yourself. Mm. The quality of people you surround yourself with demonstrates what you believe about yourself. If you believe you're anointed, you're going to surround yourself with anointed people.
1: Amen. Amen.
0: Come on. Can we bring up a verse? Can you bring up Psalm 42 and verse 7? I want to just bring this up. I think this is interesting. David said this. He said, Deep calleth unto deep. At the noise of thy water spouts, all thy waves and thy billows are gone over me. But that term, deep calleth unto deep, really stands out to me. What he was saying is that like kind attract. Like character attracts like character. Deep calleth unto deep. There's a spirit. The spirit of God is on the inside of you. That's the deep. God is the other deep. Deep calleth to deep. Like kind calls like kind. Deep, you know, he's saying bring the two sides together. You know what I mean? Where we should have a life where we, we just, you know, that spirit on the inside of us that is filled with the presence of God, longs to connect with the presence of God, to cooperate with the presence of God, loves the presence of God. Deep calleth unto deep. Iron sharpens iron. You know, st- if that which is born of spirit, stick to that which is born of spirit. Stop trying to sharpen your life on that which is born of the flesh. Amen. Amen. Are you getting some help here tonight?
1: I'll
0: tell you what, if you believe you're anointed, if you believe you're called of God, if you're you're believing that the power of God uh, uh, rests in you, then you will surround yourself with people who are like-minded. Amen. Amen. Yeah, we just had ourselves a little talk here tonight. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I just want to make sure I get to everything. How about this? When I prepare a message, I'm done with it. You know I'm not a three points in a poem guy. You know, we're going to get to what the Spirit of God needs to feed us. Amen. Amen. How about this? I was talking to my wife today when we were were talking about things of God and and so on, and, and this kind of came up. You know, there's something about immaturity that won't protect itself. You know, I have two children. Of course, Timothy is almost four and Michael's two. And I've noticed this about children, is that sometimes they won't even defend themselves from the smallest thing. I stood there a couple days ago, and and Timothy has done this more than once. We'll be outside, and we'll be playing on the playset or whatever, and all of a sudden he'll stand there and be like, Daddy, a mosquito's biting me. A mosquito's biting me, Daddy. I'm like, Timothy... Smack it. <laughs> let him have it. But he expected me to run over there and smack that mosquito. And as he sits there and looks at it, you see that mosquito just go, broop, broop, that mosquito's just... Yeah. And the Lord talked to me about that and said, that's what my children do. They will stand there and let the devil suck the life right out of them before they stand up and use their own authority. Right. I'll tell you what, even baby Christians have plenty enough authority over the devil. Amen. Amen. Stop, let, stop letting him just stand there and suck the life as you just stand by and say, oh, Pastor, Pastor, come and deal with this, Pastor. A uh, 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 prayer warrior, a uh, uh, grown-up Christian, a uh, grandma, whoever, come and deal with this. Come and deal with this. Now, there's going to come a time in your life when you're going to have to stand up and kick the devil in the pants for yourself. That even if you're just born again, you're going to have to say something to the spirit of fear. Yeah, yeah. You're going to have to say, fear, I resist you, in Jesus' name, yes, be gone. Symptoms, I take authority over you, get off my body, in Jesus' name. You're going to have to say, I don't permit these same, this pain in my, my body anymore. I don't permit these symptoms in my body. Devil, you're trespassing against the property of the Almighty God. This body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. You're on the wrong property. That's right. Now get off. That's right. There's going to have to come a time when you're going to have to do that.
1: Yeah.
0: Because what is, what is that? Is that people would rather stay clueless. They'd rather stay irresponsible for whatever reason. I don't know why. They'd rather stay in that infant, childlike state where they don't defend themselves. A trial comes against them, something comes against their body, something comes against their finances, and they stand around, you know, <laughs> pastor, pastor, the devil's emptying my bank account. Pastor, pastor, the devil's removing my health. Pastor, pastor. Yeah, come on. And you just got to say, no, I, there's nothing I can do. You just go ahead and you, get, you use your authority that God gave you, and, and you tell the devil to get off your property. That's right. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, that, that's just another thing that plays along with what we're talking about. People don't defend that, that power. Right. They don't use that power that was given to them. Use it. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Did you get some help here tonight? Yes, you did, whether you think you did or not. <laughs> praise the Lord. Father, we love you tonight. We give you praise. We give you glory. Father, we thank you for the word. We thank you. We'll protect the anointing. Father, we'd rather, I'll tell you what, Lord, we'll do anything it takes to obey you. Yes. yes, Protect that anointing that's on the inside with our faith. We use our faith and we speak the word of God and our spirit man is strengthened and empowered and our faith grows, Father, because we use it. Father, we thank you and we glorify you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. Thank you. Father God, we thank you that we would rather have If it it meant, not that this is necessarily going to happen, but we'd rather have our natural electricity shut off than the power of God shut off because we weren't obedient in the tithe. Father, we thank you. Lord, we would rather have our kids connected to the power of God than connected to hobbies and activities. Father God. Father, we know there's no power in those hobbies. We thank you that we can enjoy certain things. But Father God, we know that the house of God comes first. Father, we're going to protect the the anointing by keeping the wrong things out of our ears, keeping the wrong things out of our eyes. Father, we thank you and we praise you. We we just do these things not to follow rules, but to love you. And Father God, to defend and to protect that anointing, that fig tree that feeds us all the days of our life. Father, to be sharpened with iron, To be sharpened. We're born of the Spirit. To be sharpened with things that are born of the Spirit. Father God, to protect that power that's alive on the inside of us. Father, we love you and praise you tonight. We give you all the praise and glory. Lord, we just love you. We seek you. Father, we thank you that nothing that was said tonight was to condemn. But to help and to instruct and to teach and to correct. And Father, we receive it. We receive it with joy. Father, we know that you have a heart to always help us no matter where we're at. You're so giving and so loving. Father, we love you and praise you. Now, Father, we get ready to take up our offering here tonight. Lord, we just say that all the needs of this church are met. Father, we say that all the needs that are represented by the, by the families and the homes that are here, Father, we say that they're blessed and they're increased. Father, we thank you and glorify your holy name. We say that all of our needs are met. You supply all of our needs by your riches and glory, by Christ Jesus. Father, we thank you. You are rich towards us. You're rich on our behalf. Lord Jesus, you became poor, that we through your poverty would be made rich according to the word. Father, we thank you according to Proverbs 10 and 22, that the blessing of the Lord makes us rich and you add no sorrow. Father, we thank you for Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 18, that you've given us power to get wealth, that you may establish your covenant with us as you did with our fathers our fathers in the faith father we thank you lord god we thank you lord god we thank you father that as we prosper we're blessed to be a blessing we're givers we we love to to give and to be a blessing to people and to your church father we love you tonight we give you the praise in jesus name amen brothers you may serve the people glory to god you glad to be in church here tonight amen Praise God. Well, we are going to uh, uh, spend a little time in prayer here tonight. I understand if you have children and and need to get home.